So listen to these verses, Philippians 4, 11 through 13. This is Paul. Paul wrote of Philippians to the church at the Greek city of Philippi. I'm not saying this because I'm in need, for I've learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. And this is really our key this morning. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do everything through him who gives me strength. And then question answer 113. I'll read the question. You please read the answer. What is the aim of the 10th commandment? You notice that the catechism does something very interesting with this last commandment. It almost doesn't treat the tenth as a separate and new command. Did you catch that in our reading? It refers right away to all of the commands and that we should keep all of them. But yet there is something more here. It's more than a summary of the commandments. This is a separate commandment. It has a unique message and a unique calling for us. It's about our desires, our thoughts, our hearts. It's about what goes on in those places that no one else can see. And you see... God wants our hearts to belong to him too. And he cares about our thinking and our attitudes and our motives and our desires as well as all the stuff that everyone else can see and hear on the outside. The 10th commandment itself in Exodus reads like this, you shall not covet your neighbor's house or wife or anything that belongs to your neighbor. Covet is an older word. Definitions of covet are to crave for something or to have an immoderate desire for something that does not belong to us. To want something that's not yours too much. And the idea is that long before adultery actually happens, Long before something is actually stolen, there's a lot of thinking and mulling over and imagining that has happened inside of someone first. And what God says is, I care about all of that too. God wants our hearts and our minds to belong to him too. There's a certain antidote to coveting that I want to talk about this morning and share with you. Paul in our text talks of the secret of being content. Contentment in life, it's the ultimate antidote to coveting. It's the ultimate attitude to not wanting and overly desiring 
and grabbing what isn't ours. Four secrets to contentment this morning. Four secrets to contentment. If we truly have contentment, we won't covet. We won't covet. Resting in Christ is the first secret to contentment. One of the greatest enemies of contentment in someone's life is restlessness, a restless spirit. And the solution to restlessness is resting in Christ, putting yourself in Jesus' care. St. Augustine said, our hearts are restless until they find rest in God. Without the Lord, people are restless. Our lives are restless. Our hearts are. Even secular sociologists these days, it's become uh, popular in, in their literature to talk about a phenomenon in today's society of a general feeling of homelessness. That's the way they're describing people's spirit in our culture today that there's a widespread feeling of homelessness. In other words, people are wandering. People don't seem to have a lasting or ultimate goal and purpose in their living. There's a lack of satisfaction. And all that creates restlessness, lack of contentment, always looking ahead, always dreaming for something better, but never truly being satisfied in the present. These little girls who were baptized, Adriana and Katie, as parents, you want them to have a good life. You want them to have a happy life. I know you do. Some people provide happiness and a good life for their children through putting food on the table, making sure there's enough money to buy clothes, to put a roof over their heads, have a nice house, a car to take the kids around, a good school, all that, other, all that kind of stuff. But then they stop there. They stop there. But if you stop there, your children will be left unfulfilled. You know what that would be like, Mitamas and Morados? You know what that would be like? It'd be like you hosting Thanksgiving, having the greatest relish. You know, you can make some really good relish. Sarah's sister did that this past Thanksgiving. Really great um, stuffing. Stove stop is good, but you can even do better than stove top stuffing. Potatoes, sweet potatoes, vegetables. All that great stuff for your gifts. Maybe even an apple pie and a pumpkin pie. But then what if you did not provide the turkey? Something pretty key, something pretty important would be missing. The centerpiece of the Thanksgiving feast would be gone. As families, you have brought these girls here for baptism this morning and that means you know the center piece to life that so many people in life are missing. You know about that central need 
for Jesus in our lives. You want to provide for these girls fully, including providing for Adrian, Katie, a growing understanding of Jesus' love for them, knowing that they are his child, and so that they would have a life of contentment because they know the ultimate source of peace and happiness for their souls. For all who are restless in their spirit, Jesus says this morning, come to me. Just come to me. I will give you rest. The Father's provision is the second secret to contentment. Another great enemy of contentment is worry. Worry. And the solution is the Father's provision. One person has called worry actually contentment's mortal enemy. The mortal enemy of contentment is our worry, and it can suck in the very best of God's people. But worry does nothing helpful. Ian McLaren said, what does your anxiety do? It does not empty tomorrow of its sorrow, but it does empty today of its strength. It does not make you escape the evil. It makes you unfit to cope when it does come. Matthew 6 is a wonderful chapter to come back to regularly when you're struggling with worry because it describes God's care. It tells us how God cares for the sparrow, those little birds that don't have a long lifespan. The littlest of things in nature can kill them, and yet God gives them all they need. Jesus says to you, maybe worrying today, are you, my child, not much more valuable than those sparrows? You are, he says. Will he not certainly care for you and for me? The Father's care and provision. Mary C. Crowley once said, Every evening I turn my worries over to God because he's going to be up all night anyway. Hudson Taylor, he was a great missionary to China. He gave us this advice. Let us give up our work, our plans, ourselves, our lives, our loved ones, our influence, our all right into God's hand. And then when we've given everything over to him, there'll be nothing left for us to be troubled about. Planning in life is a duty. It's necessary. There's a sense in which, yes, we have... It's not saying don't look ahead. We're called to, be, to plan. But worry, looking at the future in that way, is a sin, and it kills contentment. The solution is knowing the Father's provision, knowing that He does have everything in His hand, And if there's something that you think might not be in his hand, you can, in prayer, give it over to him just to make sure that that, too, is in his hand. And he will take your trouble, he'll take your worry, and it will vanish in his perfect, loving plan and provision for you. The third secret to contentment, it's the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives. The presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Another great enemy of contentment 
is hard times, when we go through hard times, the solution is knowing the presence of the Holy Spirit in our life always. Sometimes going through trials, going through struggles in life can make people bitter and hardened and far from content. But a a believer will be refined through hard times as you experience the presence of God through it all. The believer knows that just because you belong to Jesus, it doesn't mean it will always be smooth sailing in life. Paul knew that better than most of us. He had very hard times. He refers to them in our text. I know what it is to be in need. But then he says, I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation. In other words, even through trials, even through hard times. That secret is a little more fully laid out in a pretty cool text in Hebrews. Hebrews 13, 5 and following goes like this. Be content with what you have because God has said, never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. So a secret to contentment is to realize the promised presence of our loving God who orders all of our lives, who orders all of our circumstances and gives us the strength to cope with them when they're tough too. The fourth and final secret to contentment is having God as your all in all. A final great enemy of contentment, something that could be going on in your life that makes you not content, is a wrongly ordered life, a life that's out of whack, a life that doesn't have the correct priorities. We talked about this a decent amount in the very first message in this series with the first commandment where God says, have no other gods before me. And then we looked in the New Testament, the New Testament, a New Testament way of saying that, remember we saw that, is having God as all in all. God will be all in all at the end of time. Sin will be wiped away when Jesus returns. And as believers, we already begin to live today in that reality. We live with God as our all in all. We tend to want to put ourselves first in life. We tend to want to put almost anything else first but God. God calls us to put him first and his priorities, his ways, and kind of unexpectedly, everything will turn out the best for you. We think, kind of foolish people that we are, If we put our needs first, if we put our wishes first, if we put ourselves first, that is how to be happy and fulfilled in life. But it's not. We put God first and life will work. Life won't necessarily turn out exactly how you planned it to. It may involve some hard times. It will vary likely involves some sacrifice. 
But life will be best because it will be God's way. And this secret of God being all in all is actually the secret of the whole biblical faith. All of our faith. It's not all about you. It's all about God. And when you realize that, then things start to come together. When we exalt Jesus Christ, who is God in the flesh, what we're going to be celebrating as we head into the Christmas season, Emmanuel, God with us. When we exalt Jesus Christ, when we're humble enough to bend the knee to him in everything and submit our whole life to him and live for him and his kingdom and have his kingdom priorities, then things start to come together for us, for our loved ones. And the Ten Commandments, of course, show us, as we've been seeing, what God first means in all the different areas of life that God created, from what God first means with our possessions to our pattern of resting and working, everything. I pray that each one of us can live contented lives, resting in Jesus, knowing the Father's provision, having the Spirit's presence, and ordering your life so that God is all in all. Contentedness, it's kind of a simple, almost basic idea. This contentedness, the solution to the 10th commandment, it's actually, when you think about, one of the most difficult things to have and to find in the whole world. It's very telling to me that in this, I noticed this just for the first time, I'm focusing on that contentment. This very famous verse of Paul, the secret of being content is a pretty famous verse, but even more well known than that is the verse right after it. I can do everything through him who gives me strength. You've heard of that verse, right? What a verse of faith. I can do everything through him who gives me faith. What was he talking about there? Was he talking about having a faith that can move mountains? Is he talking about building, as the Apostle Paul, the biggest church around? Is he talking about becoming the most successful pastor, the most successful person in his business? Nothing nearly so grand as we might normally think about when he says, I can do everything through him who gives me strength. He's talking about something as simple as con being content. Being content in each and every situation. Because that's the verse that's right before verse 13. That he's learned the secret of being content. Truly being content is one of the greatest things to achieve in life. Most people have not found it. But I got to tell you today, you can achieve that. Not on your own, not because of your work or efforts, but because of the work and power of our triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. May you know these secrets. May you know God's grace and love and live a life 
pleasing to him.